fantastic book and her work. Uh, and then it will be very informal, we'll throw it open, there'll be some questions from the people here. I asked her if she'd do a little meditation or something, but I think she thinks we might all be too English for that, but I think we might do something <laughs> like that. Um, so first of all, I just want to ask you why you keep going to Hawaii. <laughs> why do you ask? Uh, swim with the dolphins? No. Um, yeah, just it was initially to just go to the sunshine and connect with nature, but I just kept being drawn back there and back there because they've got such old um, ways, indigenous ways of healing and connecting to nature that I just felt I had to know it. So a lot of my work recently has been developing myself by connecting to the elements of forces of earth, wind, fire and, and just becoming more of nature which means we can regenerate ourselves and just be in that peaceful calm place that's just always flowing and changing and that helps our bodies to change but you started as a physio didn't you can tell us where you how you started um well I background a long time ago in conventional health (laughs) yeah conventional I uh I trained at the London hospital way back in the beginning of the 80s and uh um, then I went to Australia because I loved, uh, I wanted to get all the latest information on how to heal the body, working with uh, chronic pain, and had some amazing, amazing teachers over there. And um, I started a practice in Hythe, so, which I've been, which I ran for 25 years. But then I wanted to develop it even further and do things that the NHS weren't really involved with or integrating at that time. You know, med- I was particularly interested in chronic pain, like meditation and um, journaling and that kind of thing and so I thought I couldn't really do that while I was working full full time and I, so I gave up and left to develop myself and then write the book so that I could share it with everybody and people who are interested in combining um, western medicine with other ways of looking at things and now the NHS is embracing more meditation and things other than drugs which is what I'm interested in because we have the potential to heal ourselves by connecting to the connecting to the universal energy. I like the fact there are lots of this is based on patient experience. So there are mm-hmm. many self-help books that might tout the theories mm. and it's become a lot more fashionable since you yeah. and I started reading about it 30 years ago. Um, but it's very much based on work you've done with there's some amazing stories in there. Do you mind starting with telling us about your daughter and her experience? Um yeah. Or would you rather not? <laughs> no, no. The, the universe is like always putting us to the test. So one day my daughter suddenly developed ulcerative colitis and had to have two blood transfusions from out of nowhere. She's a really healthy girl. And, um, and so I followed the regime that the um, medical profession suggested, which was steroids and anti-inflammatories for her gut. And um, we did this for nine months. And... Um, it didn't work. One minute she was on the steroids, it was fine. Come off the steroids, flared up again. And so we went on holiday and I forgot to take the steroids with us. <laughs> and she had a flare-up. And so all I could think of doing was to use the med, the energy medicine that I was, I'd been taught or I believed in. And so we did some tapping and we, we um, did breathing and working on it. And after four days, the bleeding stopped. And after 10... Um, reduced and after 10 days, it stopped. And you know her, the most amazing thing she said to me was mummy how am I going to tell the doctors I made myself better 
you know, and that was just like the best thing ever. And since then, she's had a couple of episodes, but nothing. She's on no medication and she's healthy and fine. So there's other ways. And, and the doctor said yeah. he was really challenging and just said, you know, you can't give her probiotics or anything. It's not going to work. She's got to be on this for the rest of her life. And I, I I'm not a one way person. <laughs> there's got to be another way. So I that's what we did but it took nine months of listening you know doing what we were told and finding it not to work to have the bravery to go for it the digestion you link that a lot to a lot and to yeah you, can, you heal people's or helps help people's digestion by working on their back haven't you yes just yes because it's it's connected with um well the nerve supply is very similar but there's a lot we if we're not digesting life in any shape or form it does affect our gut um, because our gut is our community of connection. This is in Hawaii, um, in Hawaii, and the, the belly button is our na'au. It's our connection to all. It's our connection to the mother. And so if this area is, and it's our subconscious, and if, if we have unprocessed emotions, unprocessed ideas or beliefs we've inherited that are not fitting with um, the universal energy, then we get problems, can get problems there. You write a lot about pain and listening to pain and almost having a conversation with your body, as it were. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what you think about the purpose of pain and why it lingers and how to view it? Um, well, pain, pain shows that you're not in relationship with something. There's, it's a stopping of flow in your body. I mean, there's, there's acute pain. If I fall over and trip, my, trip over and I sprain my ankle, that's acute pain. But if pain stays... And the body wants to heal itself all the time. Why is it staying? Why? What? What is it that's not allowing it to change? And so that's the question. Why isn't it changing? Why am I still experiencing pain when I can't see anything? It looks all right. It's three months. It should be better. Why am I still experiencing it? There's there's another component that's not being looked at. Mm. And so I I ask people to communicate with it and 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 get the flow back in their body again, which is what the, the body naturally wants to do, go back into homeostasis, balance, and um, it can disappear. Using the elements, can you talk about a bit about earth, air, fire and water? And well, yes. I know it's a massive subject. <laughs> you can just talk about one of them if you want. You, you write beautifully about water. <laughs> yes. Um, well, well, there's... The water is the flow. We, we are 70% water, and, and water holds emotions. It holds imprints of things. It can change from a flow to a steam to an ice crystal. So it's always changing shape. It's always changing form. And um, when we have something that's maybe stuck in our body, it's not flowing. It can be like an iceberg. It needs the sun to warm it up. Yeah. <laughs> it needs... Um, um, what else does it need? It needs, you know, we, we some, the, the breath in Hawaii is really important. The, the wind, it, the ha, aloha. And they talk about the shared breath, which obviously we weren't sharing a lot of in the last <laughs> three, ma- three years. But the shared breath is really important. So we come from water and we breathe. And then we're, we come into the air and we're, mm. we're the breath. And it's that change from water to to air and sharing of that communication but being in right relationship with each other which is really important for healing I think um, 
to have an interlude that goes down into a patient, can you tell us about Sarah and her knee, just to illustrate that? Do you remember that case? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've had so many. Sarah and the knee. Um, was, uh, she comp- her knee was completely healed by, by this work with integration, as you put it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I had a, a lady just this week and... Uh, I'll oh, do another one. I can't remember. They just it go through me. I can't. And she had pain. Um, she had pain on her ankle, and she'd been for seven or eight months, and it just came up and on the base of her feet. And uh, she didn't know, you know, what had caused the pain or anything. Anyway, her uric acid level was up, which meant she maybe had gout. So she was put on um, gout tablets, but because of not being able to see people at the minute. Nobody had actually examined her foot to see that her toe wasn't swollen or anything like that. Anyway, she had an X-ray and was told she had arthritis in these joints of her foot. Um, but I touched touched her foot and she was like, oh, and I'm like, well, there's nothing to see. And so we just did some work of talking and breathing and moving energy. And within five minutes, she could touch her foot and it didn't hurt. It didn't mean we then had to do um, exercises to change her posture or the way she was walking or the way she was holding her foot um, but th- that shows how it can change quite quickly mm. um, but it can be related to not being able to um, your, your feet are your connect- is a connection to the earth to, to the forces that are supporting us and are always supporting us so it can be something to do with not feeling you're supported or feeling isolated or can be can be any any there could be an emotional reason to it or there could be no reason no obvious conscious reason yeah actors always say they need to get the feet right have you found that with patients as counselors sometimes find that they've got the solution they sort of instinctively know sometimes that that the solutions within their body that's what i yes to try and encourage people to to see it's to get take the responsibility back because i there's only one of me I, I, this is all about teaching people how to do it themselves and that to dialogue with their body and sure they might have to ask somebody else for help but really they're taking it on their own health yeah and, and you know maybe they're having their yoga or their pilates or other things that help them stay healthy it's all about staying healthy and and breathing and breathing out anything which isn't healthy. So you're exchanging energy all the time because we're bodies of energy. And it's what energy we're tuning into or we're allowing in or... And it's teaching teaching people how to not take... It's just to stay centred, to stay centred within their own wonderful energy. <laughs> Where would you most like your book to be shelved in Waterstones? Because we have often... <laughs> Tedious bookseller debates about self-help, psychology. Um, not psychology. No. No. It's, um, I mean, for me, my inspiration has been Indigenous wisdom. Um, just listening to and absorbing the information that they have, which isn't analytical, it's not, it's literally feeling the elements, feeling the subtleties of vibrations and things like that which mm. which is very different from psychology i'm not a psychotherapist i haven't had any training in psychology just human behavior so it's and i'm more into the the physical body so to speak but it has it's all all in all in one and for me feeling feeling the energy is the answer to is to healing the body because the body runs on energy it doesn't run on food it runs on 
runs on energy. You've got that amazing Nietzsche quote in there, there's more wisdom within our body than in the deepest philosophy, which is quite a bombshell of a quotation. <laughs> um, do you still use your physio yes. training and knowledge? Absolutely, yeah, because if um, if somebody has a, you know, a serious issue, I will obviously refer, or something that I'm not sure about, I will definitely refer them back to the their GP or their consultant and and say, this doesn't fit, please have another look. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the thing, the two run together. I don't know what you call this, I'm not very keen on the word spirituality. <laughs> so <laughs> science and medicine and this other thing where it's about feeling and... Um, and just becoming becoming the mystery, becoming this, the universe. I mean, if if Bedson had all the answers, we'd be well. It doesn't. <laughs> so mm. I'm not saying it's wrong at all. It's definitely needed, but there's this other thing which Yeah. You know, I I, I there's you know, the book one of the books I read that fascinated me was um about the runners. Um oh, I can't remember the name of the book now. And all they do is they eat um chia seeds and they run for ninety miles or so in the heat. How can somebody do that? What is it they're tapping into? It's not their body reserves necessarily. It's the energy from around them. You know, when we all go out for a walk and we feel amazing, is it because it's all sunny and everything? No, but we're absorbing all that that um, uh, pure kind of um, creative, you can call it Fibonacci numbers, you can call it mathematics of the universe that knows how, how we work. And it's, it's that that we tune into which changes ourselves. So it's, sometimes when I'm working with people, yeah. I say, bring in the water element. You know, is it rain? Is it the sea? What kind of water do you need? Do you need steam? And then that will help people to shift from their state into another state, which is a progression from chronic pain. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you about technology? Because the Wartstone's book of the month is called Stolen Focus, how it's not just children who are... Constantly, yeah. we're all, well, I am anyway, distracted. Um, how do you deal with technology? Do you make conscious decisions to not have your phone around in the, on all the time? <laughs> yeah, my friends know that I, until about two years ago, I didn't really use my phone. I hated the phone um, because when I first held it to my ear, it made my head go funny. So I thought, well, this doesn't feel very good. <laughs> so, um, but I know it's necessary. So it's limited what I have, but I do. I, I use my email and my computer a lot, but I'm not very keen on the phones, I have yeah. to say. <laughs> so you're not a new age therapist, are you? It's, all, it's pretty much, for having read pretty, the book, it's very, <laughs> pretty it's, here. It's very yeah. grounded. And, and as I say, with many case studies, even if you can't recall them all when challenged. No, I can't like remember. Sarah, I, I, was, I was thinking today, I haven't read my book for a year, though I used to read it every, <laughs> every day for months and months and months, editing it. And I'm like, what is he going to ask me? I can't remember anything. I just, I just think, I have to become the book. I am the book. So I am, I am, the, I am the book, but I can't remember all the case studies. No, it happens. When we had a talk with J.K. Rowling for the second Harry Potter book, there were kids in the audience who were... Asked challenging about characters she'd forgotten. She said, Who, what is the funny <laughs> So you're not alone. Um, yeah, so there's so much to ask you about music. Is that basically you talk about intuition and the three brains, and I think one of those mm-hmm. brains is intuition. Yes, it's the Why higher mind, the heart, and then the, the unconscious, the, the gut, well, gut feeling. Yeah. Right, hang on. So the higher mind, the 
What are they This again? is the heart brain. I mean, there's, there's the book called The Three Brains, which is a lot more analytical and linear, which is a very good book about integrating the three centres, because if we only make decisions from one centre, we're lacking the, the coordination of our whole body from the intellect. And so we need all, all of them to talk together. And it's a very good book, The Three Brains. I, I, I um, reference it. But, um, and we talk about that, don't we? We talk about feeling something in our gut or subconsciously mm-hmm. wanting something. But when it fits here and it's unknown, we have to bring it up so that we know it, so that it becomes part of us and then the energy can flow again. So, dare I ask you how we do that then? <laughs> um, want to inquire, be quiz- inquisitive, be curious. If something's not working for you, be curious about it. Or if you have an instinct, oh, I'm not sure, just delve into it, sit and quietly think about it and feel and ask your body to give you the... Uh, some information because you can't learn it you can't change anything from your the brain here otherwise we'd all be changed <laughs> it's got to come from some other intuitive other source consciousness that we're connected to it sounds quite challenging do you think if people don't get no. to go and see you between here and Folkestone where do you live the book what they can do a lot of actual exercises with the book can't they they can and they can go and see my friend Claire oh <laughs> yes Hello, <friend> Claire. <laughs> and I'm going to do some meditations online and I'm hoping to um teach a little bit as well online I don't you know it's there's a lot of people out there doing it so it's just to give other, give people the confidence to to try it and see that it works and that so if you're you come across something that you feel vulnerable with or you don't know the answer to to do with your health or to do with a decision that you can inquire within and find the answer yeah and when you inquire within you become what you're looking for and then it attracts what you need in the environment as well and do you think dreams can be of use <laughs> definitely you can um you can I, I'm not very trained in that, but there are lots of um, um, courses, you know, dream yoga, Peruvians, they also teach about dreams and the Toltecs and how you can um, train yourself to wake up in your dream and change your dream so that you're future pacing and changing yourself in the future. Yeah. And that's part of something that's really interesting. You mentioned Tenzin Wangyo Rinpoche. Do you use the Tibetan... Um, medicine tradition much um he he's the one who introduced bon shamanism or bon buddhism and and that's one of the oldest forms so that was before buddhism in tibet there was a bon yes. religion yes. a lot of it's still in tibetan buddhism mm-hmm. and it, the reason i liked it was because he works with the uh, with the elements and nature and it's much more accessible there're not many sort of secret teachings or that kind of thing it's more practical and exercises when i do his exercises most mornings no, five mornings. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's a discipline of um, become, being in the right centre all the time, but then we're always challenged and thrown off, and it's like coming back. What is it? Yeah. What is it that I'm I'm learning how to stay in this place? And when you're in the place of calm, and your nervous system is calm, then then you're healing your body. It can't heal if it's in a state of panic and stress or worry. Then the cells don't regenerate in the right way. <laughs> Do you think we overthink that meditation? We sort of think it's like we tighten up when we meditate, whereas in fact it's easier than yeah. we think. And you can, and that they say the Peruvians that you, you know, the whole life is a meditation, is a prayer, rather than thinking I've got to sit down for twenty minutes and do this. And mm, it's not. It's like if you can do that when you're 
chopping your vegetables, I don't know, taking your shower, brushing your teeth, just any old little time you can think of, then then it becomes part of your nervous system wants to return to that kind of calm state most of the time. Yeah, I think all you need is a bit of regularity, isn't it? Which is the just mindfulness thing. to remember to do it, yes. Yeah. yeah, but good if you've noticed that you haven't done it. Um, very good. Those three Tibetan pearls then are very simple in case people think we're disappearing into the Himalayas here. No. Um, silence, spaciousness. Stillness. A stillness, yeah. yeah. Which are, oh, we can all access, can't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but we can be still just sitting here talking and um, silent communication. We're commun I'm glad you brought up silent communication because when we're silent, we can hear our voices, our voice talking inside. And so that inner voice is, can either be a critic or it can be a, um, and a hindrance or it can be helpful. And so when we have that silence, we can hear it. And when we have that silence, we can hear nature talking. Um, in my book, I wrote about um, nature in Hawaii. I was um, in, in this beautiful bay and um, calm day, nothing going on, and I was swimming, and um, I, I had my snorkel on and my mask, and I, I suddenly heard this voice say to me, danger, and I thought, really? And I'm all on my own in the middle of the sea, and I'm like, why? And I look, there's no sharks, there's no storm coming, I couldn't see anything. I thought, that's a bit strange, so I carried on back to shore, and um, I said to the the lady at the park wow it's a beautiful peaceful day and she said yes it is isn't it and I walked about five and five minutes back to a shower and I was just outside having a shower in the outside shower and suddenly heard and all these rocks fell down from the cliff where I was swimming in the bay and um so somebody was looking after me um not that I was actually in danger because I wasn't really under the rocks but they were in the same bay I was in but that was nature speaking so we, um, we can listen and we can hear and then and, and find that support when we're feeling ungrounded, when we're feeling we don't know what to do or we're stuck in a position. What do I need? Do I need the wind? Do I need to breathe breath and life into this situation? I've got a couple more questions. Um, do you dance? <laughs> um, I like to dance. Um, I don't dance formally, no. I, I sometimes go to a spirit dance where I just let everything go. On your own? With, well, uh, there are other people there. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just imagining you on the village green in Elam. No. <laughs> no. Um, I like a good dance, but I don't dance. I'd like to learn the hula, um, which is um, a very hard, it's quite hard to do because it's all about the elements and it's about nature and everything tells a story, but it's absolutely beautiful. So I'd love to be able to do that next time I go back. But I don't, but dance is really good because it creates that movement in your body and the release, as, as does sound, creates movement and change. Um, there are many things that, are, that influence our body for medicine, for healing. And the other thing is, can you see the seeds of the work you're doing in the book in your childhood? Were you always questing for that sort of thing or was there a parental influence? Um. Not really. <laughs> No, like I, I think, I, looking back, the only thing I can think of is that I was quite a screamy child for three years and my mum got fed up with me and she used to stick me in a pram at the end of the garden looking at the trees. <laughs> so that's the only influence, I think, that, that, 
But I do remember loving going to the beach and being in the countryside, though I lived mm-hmm. in inner Lon- South London, so... But no, I don't think so. Was there a sort of childhood comfort book? I always ask that because we're in a bookshop. <laughs> I used to like the naughtiest girl in the school books. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> um, I was an Enid Blyton kind of person. Um, my favourite book was Ferdinand the Bull. I don't know that one. It's often an, an obscure one. What, what did Ferdinand the Bull do? Well, he was supposed to be a bull. He was right. supposed to be a fighter. He was supposed to, you know, matadors in the ring. They put him in the ring and all the rest of it. But all he wanted to do was sit under the tree smelling the flowers. Mm. <laughs> and that, that was my favourite book. And I'm very into flowers and creating things with plants. And so, oh. yeah, just don't do what you're expected to do is the motto. <laughs> just, you know, we don't have to follow society. We don't have to follow our norms of culture and things we're brought up with. We, this is the way, but it doesn't mean it is the way. Make up your own way. Mm. And I don't know how your bodies work. But your body does, and you're the only one that knows what feeds your body. I don't. It's very different to what feeds my body. Well, I can't do the book justice because there's so much in it, and I haven't even asked you about Concentra, which is explained oh, at the end yeah. as, a, as a method. Um, but, yeah, for 9 99 it's probably a very good investment, <laughs> I think. Yes. Um, with your vibe on it, you can sign it. Are there any questions from anyone about anything, from anything to anything? There's a usual silence now. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I ask about someone, so if you've got long-term pain, they've got to, I know someone who's got stenosis, for example, it's a long-term pain and the prediction is it's a back pain that's likely to get worse. The prediction is always that you get, won't get worse, it won't get better. So in, in your, with the skills that you have, how do you work with people who are in that situation where the, the prediction is you, you've got something, you're going to have it for life, will be painful, it's likely to get worse. Are there still, are there still things that can actually lift people to help you to cope with that better or to see above the pain? How, how would you...? Um, yeah, there's that, yeah. I mean, some, some things people say aren't going to get better and they're going to get worse. Um, they, they do get better. So that's one thing I would say. Stenosis <coughs> it, is an individual case for each, each person, it depends. So stenosis is where there's um, the spinal canal is being squeezed by the the um, bones around it so that there's you can get bilateral pain in the legs and pain when you walk um you know if um i mean that can get worse it definitely can progress and get worse um i would give people things to to, so that that really that um that kind of um chronic pain um i would talk about meditation and doing exercises and things that could keep somebody fit um but that if it is a definite diagnosis and is absolutely spot on then this kind of treatment isn't so recommended um or isn't so isn't going to make such big changes as if it was just chronic pain when somebody doesn't know why they've got chronic pain or a chronic yeah. condition. But, you know, even like my daughter, it's going to get worse, she's going to be on for her life. Yeah. No, yes, she's not. Yeah. But if there is a physical impingement, like if there are bones squashing the spinal canal and it's yeah. giving... Then no amount of meditation is going to change it or it just depends. Thank you. But, but, you know, I would recommend... Um, you know, sitting yoga, Pilates, daily walks, good food, breathing, music, all, all the normal things. But that, this isn't so 
so good for that. But I, I never believe it's going to get worse. You just have to case each case at a time. Person, give us your take on a uh, health crisis like COVID. I mean, that's a kind of social health experience, as well, a collective one as mm. well as an individual one. And we've responded with medical interventions. What's your approach going to do that's different or uh, complementary? Um, <laughs> um, well, again, there isn't just one approach to it. There was the formal approach of that we were all adhering to, but it's left a lot of people, you know, with um, a lot of fear in their bodies. So over the last few months, I've been treating people with anxiety, social social anxiety, um, with um, not being able to breathe because nobody's been breathing together, not been sharing the breath. Um, I I think that. Um, They're, they're, it's a tricky one. Mm. It, there should be um, some more follow-up to help people to come out again, to come together, to exercise together, to show that it was an ideal time to tell people how to keep healthy, how to be healthy. It's not. It's stay inside and do this. But And now I've just seen a new thing that statins are um, going to be on sale for everybody can have statins for blood you know, for heart problems, and which is great, but why not tell us how to keep healthy? Why don't tell us we need to do all these things? It would be useful if we did it, and it's a much more proactive way, and then you actually feel good for you doing something rather than taking one tablet. It's about people taking responsibility for their health. Um, one of the reasons, not one of the reasons, just one of the reasons I gave up being um, having a clinic as well is because I wanted people to be um, accountable for coming for appointments, for um, looking after themselves, doing the exercises, taking the advice. And so if people didn't turn up, I wasn't allowed to, to charge the NHS for their missed appointment. Fine, for one, if there was a genuine excuse, but if people kept doing it, I said, look, they must be accountable for it. We, you know, I want to be paid five pounds didn't attend fee so that people know that we're here for them and we want to help them, but you've got to show up. But that wasn't acceptable. So for me, we, I mean, I'm speaking to the converted here, but <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to help employ, encourage people that it's easy to look after your health. Well, it's not easy. It's a challenge, but it's a discipline. But you, the, you enjoy life so much more, so much more joy. You can see, um, um, you know, the joy of each new day rather than thinking it's just going to be the same. And this is how it is because of your beliefs and perceptions and this is what I've been told, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I don't know if I've answered your question, but um, yes, I could go on it a long time with different herbs and medications and things we could do, but... <laughs> the lady at the back. So it's interesting what you say about the belly button and ah. anxiety and things because, you know, you take your small child to the doctor with tummy pain and they go, oh... That's just anxiety. Um, quite the semantics of things now that we tell our children how it's not butterflies in your tummy anymore. Maybe you're a little bit excited about something, or maybe the way in which we use language, yeah. we're almost talking our children into mental health diagnoses, and everything is big and everything is a problem with the head. Yeah. Now we're not. 
balancing out the way in which we used to use languages like, you know, if your children have an argument, you used to have a spat. Now it's a fight, it's a big problem, it's, everything yeah. is big, and I think we're doing that medically as well, because I've got chronic pain because of hypermobility, uh-huh. and I, you know, have pain most days, but in some ways it connects me to something which I can persuade myself is a benefit, because I'll have flexibility into older age where mm-hmm. other people will be tired, mm. so it depends on how you, I think you really reframe it, very good really important you, your mental way of seeing the choices you're making in life we sort of divulge responsibility for all of that and we need to sort of claim back a bit because it's our bodies it's our life choices and if we don't like what we choose we need to choose something else yeah then <laughs> you've, else. yeah you've you've taken that responsibility and if you make a mistake it's a little mistake you've gone on and you can choose and change again but it's when we hand over responsibility that that's that's not not good you're right it's very difficult with the culture now because everything is watched and everything is commented on and i think it's it's really nice to have people going actually no they're all this is empowering for you you can use this to be positive mhm and and most times people say oh don't do this or that because they they're scared or they don't have enough information about it and it's not been it's not part of the prescribed thing or it's not part of what's been normally done but it does does work and then no side effects you know if you with with different forms of therapies yeah but it doesn't take the place of needing medicine western medicine as well it's 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 the both because you must have been to western medicine you know to know that you've got hypermobility and you've got the things associated well, with it. I mean, the new developments in treating plantar fasciitis with sound. Yeah. It's just life changing. Yeah. So yeah. So there's is that. It's just choosing what you need at what certain time, and then in the middle to keep yourself centered so that you stay well. And when you come up with a challenge, you've got tools to to combat it. Mm-hmm. But yes, like butterflies in your tummy. I mean, it's great. Um, I do a qigong class sometimes, and. Um, uh, our teacher said um, she was with um, one of the um, Qigong masters and his her, his little son fell. Um, he was sitting at the table. You know how little children go like that, they're rocking on their chairs. And he fell backwards and hit his head. And she went, because <gasps> it was on the concrete. And she's thinking, oh, my goodness, it's going to be a real problem. And and the Qigong master went up, rubbed his head or something and said, haola, haola, which means all is well, all is well. Child... I don't know, maybe cried for a minute, all gone, end of. So we didn't make a big thing of it, it just was that, and it was all better. Mm. <laughs> and a lady here with a question. Hi. <coughs> Hello. Hi. Um, I just wanted to ask you about your concentra techniques, because you've obviously got a very intimate connection with, with you know, everything around you, and is that something that you've always had, <coughs> or is it something that you've had to teach yourself become more sensitive to because you know for somebody reading the book you know I'm, I'm kind of quite interested in the meditation using the concentra but you know how do how would I teach myself to be so sensitive to everything around you you know the, the, the air the you know the earth you know you feel very deeply when you're doing the concentra is that something you've always had? no no I I 
I, I obviously have a gift at helping people get better from things, but I didn't have, I didn't know any of all this, so I've had to develop it. So it has, it has a lot of work. So, but it comes and then, it, it, then it's just there for you whenever you need it as a tool and then it just becomes a natural thing. So I have, I have been working quite well, hard with all of it. So you can teach yourself and it's just your willingness to want to do it and to, to feel and use these, these tools and, and just ask because the, the, you can call it the guides, the angels or who, whoever you, you like to talk to is there. And, and if you're in right relationship with them, you're talking, it, it, it works through your body just like that. I don't know how it works, <laughs> but it does. And people go, oh, what's that? And it's like, oh, it's all gone now. You think, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, please go and do it. And Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm doing some, going to be doing some meditations. I've done some, but just to help people um, attune to it even more. And for those who don't know, Alison's not a million miles away from Canterbury, so no. you're bookable. Have you got a website? Yes, it's in the book. Yeah. Any last couple of questions? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just thank you for a very refreshing and informative talk. I love your approach, Alison, and how down to earth it is, and how pragmatic it is to just think that well, there's so many things we can do, and we can start there wherever we are and just go beyond the limitations of medicine without having to reject everything that medicine has. This mm. feels very practical and, as you say, very down-to-earth. Um, not at all new-agey or theoretical, as Martin was pointing out. And I kind of have two questions. One is whether you would maybe say a little more about the indigenous knowledge that is part of the down-to-earthness of your approach, because I think when you talk about the way of our society not being the only way, it's so important mm. to know that indigenous societies um, do provide examples of many other ways where the, the everyday reality includes these connections with nature in ways that seem strange to us but are normal for them. So that's mm. the question for you. And then after that, Martin, maybe you would say, what would be the section in the bookshop to file out? I'd like to read He's more books like body this. and soul at the moment. Yeah. Um, thank you. Oh, okay. Well, first of all. <laughs> okay. that, that feels like a good fit. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, Alison, do you want to say something about... Um, it's just, the indigenous culture just always... Um, they're always respecting and giving ceremony to the land that they live on, the land, the elements. They pay attention to the cycles of the moon, the cycles of the day, um, what the animals are doing, and... Um, nothing can happen without giving um, reverence and ceremony to the earth because the earth's here to support us. Mm -hmm. So if we're not in right relationship with the land, we can go into climate change here, mm -hmm. then, then nothing is flowing, nothing is, in, in, is harmonious. And so they um, often um, will do a ceremony and make a little blessing uh, out in the, in the garden um, or bury something or burn something as to as 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 a as an offering for the rains to come i mean it sounds all a bit strange but it does does really work um they they in hawaii they built things called heiaus which are stone pat platforms where they did ceremony where they called in um thanked thanking for a wonderful harvest or that kind of thing and when we when we do these old ceremonies and they do rites of passage for different ages for you know for puberty for 
um, when people get married and all these sort of old funny things are actually things that we are we're used to and that we need and dance I know Laura does dancing and and bringing dance back into society for women and for men it's always all part of community so it's all about community spirit and everything being in right eye as they say right relationship and so that's what I found fascinating in Hawaii and especially with the use of the breath the ha that's so important aloha you know I recognize the presence of God within you um, let's share this welcome together I mean it's beautiful and that's what they do when you go there it's just so calm everything's in harmony that's it you can feel it and, and it, when it comes down it's just like ah oh, then our bodies go ah oh, that's how we sh- how we are that's our natural state maybe as children as we were you often see children mm. picking up a pebble and the parent wants to move them on yep yep they're investigating yeah they're rachel carlson and you know investigating the river and the forests and yeah we can learn so much just from the nature yeah yeah the way that I'm looking at it, it's going back to how everything was years ago where the farmers used to to farm properly mm-hmm. and we didn't have alarm clocks and all of that sort of thing. So it's going back to that being at one with, with the earth and the moon and using those cycles mm-hmm. to do everything. Yes. Because with the women's cycles as well, sorry guys, but with <laughs> the, the, the women's cycles as well, that's very lunar as well, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's the every twenty-eight days and everything. Well, it's the so push, it's, yeah, the push and the pull yeah. of ourselves in and out, you know. And it's the duality of, you know, hot and cold, pain and pleasure. It's all, it, it, and, yeah. And, and, it, and it's gone, gone back, and, and it's taken those back, back inside of us. Mm-hmm. That's the way mm. that myself, from what you've been saying. Yes, that's all it's, part it's of accepting everything again as as it should be and as it was Mm -hmm. and when you think about that can you feel it going down into your body and into your hips so yeah it's like bringing you back down and out of our mental heads Mm. Mm. and so it's all balanced yeah it's a one last question yeah do you think it's easier to be happy and well when it's warmer (laughs) absolutely (laughs) absolutely (laughs) so I used um, yeah I I did have a great uh, I'm glad you said that. Um, yeah, definitely ha- happy and well. It suits me. I don't like the cold. But I've made peace with this, and I'm just as happy here now, apart from the cold, <laughs> which, um, you know, we, and I feel um, better about that. I have a preference to being out there, and it's not like, oh, I don't want to go here, I have to go there. And I and I can generally say over these six years, it's become a lot more like this because otherwise I'm running away from something I'm going somewhere but I've chosen this but I'm very happy to come here as well because I I want to pass this knowledge on wherever it's needed but I also want the choice of where I feel good as well (laughs) so it's you know there's all these you know I could go on for ages and ages but about guilt and um, cultural beliefs and all that kind of thing which is all part of stopping our flow being doing the same thing that we've always done you know and how can I live over there and here at the same time how can I make that money to do both things how can I enjoy but how can I support my family and not be that oh my goodness I could just go into meltdown (laughs) but I've learned to um balance it and be okay with 
all of it. Right. Well, this is one one last quick question. Oh, um, the, oh okay. Ask how they talk about birth, because it's just you're making me think about how over here it's like every you know it's the midwife who delivered you, it's the doctor who delivered you, it's like the mum wasn't there at all actually doing anything. I just wonder about that ownership and how. I honestly, I don't know anything about birth in Hawaii. I'm afraid. Not, I don't know anything at all about it. So I, I, I don't want to comment. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. How can we use the um, concentra, the self-healing, to help others, like maybe babies or pets who aren't able to verbalise their feelings? Well, um, if you wanted to work with a baby, I, I would, um, and the mother was up for it, I would work with the mother but it, um, to help the baby. Um, but also, if you're a, a relative, it's possible to ask, you know, to ask permission. You always ask permission that if, can I work, work with the baby as well. Um, if they're unable to bring up their feelings, like I have a little granddaughter who has tummy problems. She's crying a lot and it's colicky. How I could help her? Okay, so. When, when I'm working with somebody, it's, it's you become um, um, an empty vessel. So you become, you become the, uh, like they say, a hollow bone. And you just breathe and circulate the air and try to release any feelings or emotions or anything to do with it and just send love and intend tend, tend for uh, healing to happen. Mm. And that's it. But you must ask ask permission if it's not for yourself or. We've got five or ten minutes if you wanted to do a little exercise. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> um, would anybody like to have a little practice at? at or if anyone wants to leave, there, yeah. or you can leave if you want to, or you can just sit there and listen and not not get involved. Um, we can close our eyes and it's less embarrassing. We're not going to do anything weird. <laughs> um, if you maybe, if you'd like to think of have an intention for healing a part of your body that may be a repetitive problem, or a thought that keeps going round, or something that you're having an issue with and can't make a decision about, or just anything that's preoccupying you at the moment. And so that is your, in, your focus of, of your intention for making a change. So, um, if we just uh, feel yourself sitting in the chair so we can feel the earth, you can feel the earth through your feet. And then just breathe three times from the earth up through your body and back down again. And then notice in your body where that intention is. If you may have already come up if you have pain, but I ask your body, show me where there's maybe some resistance or why, why I, why I can't find the answer that I'm looking for, one I need more clarity from. 
and just relax your head. If you feel like you're in your head, drop down into your hips and into your legs. Just keep breathing. And feel in your body where, where it's coming up. Notice if there's anything tight in your body, maybe in your jaw, your hips, your feet, your hands, and just release them. Just to breathe into them. Breathe, that's it. Breathing up and down, and then breathing all around you to the left and the right, the front and the back. So you're breathing your whole body. And if it feels a little bit stuck and you're stuck in a little circle, just think, do I need earth? Do I need wind or fire or air? More breath to move this through me. Perhaps there's another part of your body that's joining in from the initial one. It might have started in your shoulder and now you can feel it in your knee as well. Just thank you, body, for bringing up the whole of this problem that I'm holding in me. And now, now where, where is the opening for it? Where is the answer to this? Have a look inside of yourself. Or maybe behind you. Where is it? Is it to the left or the right of you? Below or above? And just direct your breath and your focus to that direction and pull in the air energy from there into where you've your intention is in your body. see a picture or a color just breathe whatever appears for you you may notice another part of your body that needs to relax again and just keep going back to the question or the pain or what it was you were asking from the universe opening above and below front and back left and right inside and outside that's it balance the information that comes in with your tummy, your heart and your head. That 
Okay, and then just breathe again and come back. Knowing that your question's been answered. Would anybody like to say what they felt or noticed? When you said it's so funny, at the moment you said you might see an image or a picture, I literally had, so I've got a painting at home that is from an interior designer I love, but through lockdown he just decided to do some prints and different things. And it, so I had a, a vision of, and I think you planted a seed of Hawaii. So it's like a painting of um, like some kind of desert scene. But to me, that I feel like it's I've been thinking a lot about wanting to be more creative. And to um, we've bought a new house 18 months ago. I just haven't had the headspace or the time to get stuck in and do anything. And I felt like for me, it was kind of like the two things. It was he lives in Spain and does stuff out there, and did the so it was like the connect to perhaps what we've been talking about in like calm and tranquil spaces but also for me like creativity was kind of like something that yeah bringing your creativity back and my thought that it was all connected to I feel like my nervous system at the moment feels really like hypersensitive and like almost like I've given it a bit of a beating the last year and I'm trying to like rest and but maybe being a bit impatient with the rest as well okay um, so that was kind of what I asked like how do I find this it feels like I can have a days being regulated and then I'm like up here again and so that was kind of my question when you started so that's kind of what then came oh brilliant so so the picture is to be creative but find um peaceful tranquil spaces yeah and that will help your nervous system to rebalance yeah. okay it was really funny so it's the moment that you, as you said you might see a color or image and that was like Right in front of me, like you were saying it. Good, okay. People sometimes people see things, hear things, or smell things. I had a man who could smell. He was an Indian man. He could smell coriander when I'd worked with him. But his mother used to cook with coriander a lot, and he was in England, didn't have so much of it. And he was just like, wow, okay. I had another person who could smell shower gel, mango shower gel, when they release their pain. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Everything's connected when we have trauma or something that doesn't agree with us the whole of that image is connected in in that one moment and we are holding that one moment maybe in our shoulder or our knee or wherever and we just release it did anybody actually work with pain that they had in my back in my, across this 
Okay. So the fire, and as I was drinking the fire, it was releasing. It releasing. It was really weird. <laughs> well it's, done. It's kind of started on the right, and then it went over there, and it was just. But I, I did do this anyway. But it was, it was really. It just went. It just went. It just is. There you go. Yeah, well. Holding on to something. So, yeah, if it comes back again, you just need... If it might not, but it might be that there's another layer, you just need to investigate, and it's like, okay, I'm letting go, or whatever it is, yeah? yeah. And yeah. you might start with one side of... Say you start with a pain here, but actually you work on the other side to start with, but your body does it, you know? It's, there's no rhyme or reason. Just go with what it's showing you. It knows the answers better than I do or anybody else. How, can I just... How long do you spend doing this? Is there a time... Um, it it's as long as two or three minutes, or if it's a real chronic problem and you really want to get it better, just is it's the repetition of doing it a little bit now and a little bit. It's not spending like two hours. It's just a short amount of time, but regularly. And then you can tune in. Oh, I need this now, and it's just like, oh, now I can just. Oof. It's just go. It's just gone. And obviously, the biggest force is, you know, attention and paying attention to yourself and giving yourself love and time and that's the most important yeah. healing part of it I've done meditation and breathing in the past but recently I just get to a point where I just almost have a sense of panic in almost like a hyperventilating sort of feeling have you got anything for getting past that? um woo <laughs> um <laughs> Um, um, Can I suggest something? Yes, please. Do you know Wim Hof? And have you heard of holonomic breathing? Because the breath works holotropic breathing is similar. Um, essentially, what I was going to say is embrace the hyperventilation and practice fast breathing. Because by doing so, you'll wear out your, your necessity to hyperventilate like use up the amount of energy that your body wants to use doing that activity but in a controlled way and it'll bring benefit through that control great interactive yeah. event yeah no Wim Hof's very good yeah it, it it takes you into a stress doesn't it and then your body gets used to being stressed and then it relaxes yeah I've, I um, I've heard of all the things that you've mentioned through um, Muay Thai training so like kickboxing because mm -hmm. it's you hurt yourself purposefully, reg like regularly, daily, and like try to sort of semi-fracture the bones regularly and then recover them okay. using massage and ointment. Um, so I, I stopped taking it seriously at a certain point because I got in injured from other activities and I thought I, I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, general activity made me focus on aggression. I, I prefer to focus on peaceful things. Um, but I was going to ask you earlier when it was the Q&A about do you have like, is there an integration of combative spirituality in the Bon tradition or the Hawaiian tradition? Um, um, I don't, not that I know about in the Bon tradition, but in the Hawaiian tradition, yes. And now I can't remember the name of it, but they're, they're trained intensively for about 10 years and they're, you know, a bit like Maori warriors and they, and, and they can literally just break, you know, break a bone by just by a thought or... Um, um, or heal a bone just by a thought. I can't remember the name of this, but it's a kind of a secret part of a Hawaiian tradition. And then there's, I think there's only, 
not many people practitioners who do that anymore but yes that's the martial art side of hawaiian um uh, philosophy or training or being spiritual warriors yes so no i definitely think um um I'm not... um, sorry interrupting there's a correlation with pain and um not feeling pain and stuff i don't know if you've come across the shamanic um walking across the coals oh, and the yeah. coals and the fire and that and you actually don't feel it if you get yourself into a place and you do you can walk i built my own fire and you can walk across it and it's amazing and you would be scared because it's burning mm-hmm. it's yeah. fire hot coals and you can actually walk it so there's a lot of I think you know with the combating from the pain and stuff. I'm not very good at articulating, yeah. but it, it, there's something about it. No, it, yeah, but you, you, yes, you, it's, but fighting, fighting with aggression that never wins, it doesn't work, but fighting as in a, a play or as in a, um, an art form, definitely. I'm of the understanding that we learn to fight so that we can dance properly. Great one. Wow. <laughs> Great one, yeah. Dance is like for everyone. Yeah. So you have to be strong in your body to be able to take on a big spirit. Yep. Otherwise, it will push you around too much. Yep. It'll hurt your back. It, it, it takes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you gotta gotta be grounded or strong. Yeah, I wish I could know, think of that Hawaiian thing. Yeah. You want to do a book and come back? Yeah. There you go. No, it's absolutely definitely. We've nearly reached our allotted hour, or just over it. Unless one person wants to share their experience if, or feeling they had. I think we're going to wind up to one more person now. Okay. Um, well, Alison's going to sit here and sign some books. Okay. And if you've got the cash, you can give it to her, a tenner. Or if you're paying by card, pay at the till over there. Um, thank you all for being fantastic, um, open-minded audience. You never know if anyone's going to turn up for these things. So it's been great that you came out on a freezing thank cold you. night. Thank and you Alison, very much. Thank you yeah, very much. Thank you. Oh.